Hello, good day everyone, it's Kevin Finkel here. Welcome to episode number 41 of Magic the Final Frontier. It's a podcast all about the MTG Frontier format, where we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I am Ryan Schwenk, the Japan hobbyist, playing Frontier out of Tokyo, Japan. Alright, so every few episodes we always like to look at what's been going on in the meta, what's been going on in recent tournaments, and actually the episode that we recorded a few episodes ago that didn't turn out right, um, there was a problem with our sound quality and we had to scrap the whole thing, that one was about competitive, so we're really behind, so we, we definitely wanted to bring up everyone to speed with what's been going on at Haruyuya, what's been mm-hmm. going on online, um, other things we've just been seeing going on out there in the meta, as, yeah. as much of the meta as there is right now. Yeah, I think the last time, basically, uh, the season six had just started, I think. Maybe we were in, like, hmm. week one or week two, and, you know, we talked about all of the new decks and stuff like that, and, you know, that's all gone, so we got to do it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's uh, jump right into it. Do you want to talk Haryuya first, because yeah. I know there's been quite a few tournaments lately. Yeah, if, if anybody has been following, uh, you know, Frontier coming out of Hallelujah in, in Japan, uh, you might have noticed that last weekend they had uh, God of Frontier versus God of Frontier. They had the uh, previous winner uh, from hmm. the uh, God of Frontier number 10, uh, which is uh, the professional player Kihara Atsuki. Um, it was him against Ishiwata Koichin. Ishiwata is uh, the guy that always plays um, Marvel. You, you see him a lot on uh, Hadalia's deck list. Uh, you know, his name's like always in there. And uh, it was a, basically what Hadalia was doing. They had uh, God versus God for mm. every format. And mm. you, you can actually find this and watch it on the, the YouTube channel. Uh, Hallelujah's YouTube channel. So I would recommend. I don't want to spoil it for you. It was five color. I think five or sorry, it's four color control against four color control. It Ooh, sounds that's got to be fun. That's always such a grind. Yeah, it was. It was kind of grindy, but there there was some action. There was some really interesting plays, some really interesting cards. Well, you know, and... that's kind of a classic Japan matchup. I mean, I think of the first big tournament coming out of Japan. We we had video of that one, and there was a lot of four-color control. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing back a Gear Hulk with Kolagon's uh, command. Yep, yep and Dig Through Times and, and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I won't spoil it for you. Um, if you read my, my, my Twitter, then it's already spoiled. But um, <laughs> you know, if you have a chance, check out Hallelujah's uh, YouTube and, you know, look for their, their Frontier uh, you know, video from that last weekend. Really, really interesting. Uh, the other news uh, from Hallelujah, uh, they had a couple uh, different, uh, how do I say, a couple different events since M- or M19 came out. They had uh, an event, I-, I believe, I don't think we talked about the July 15th event. I'm not, I, don't, hmm. I don't think that M19 was legal at that time, though. I think it came out the week after. But, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if we did. So I don't know if we talked just about that, that one. one. So, um, yeah, what was I going to say? They uh, had 17 players at the July 15th uh, event, and that was a uh, God of Frontier trial. Hmm. And uh, that that was also won by, sorry, I'm sorry, that was won by uh, Esper Control. So uh, not really the four-color control. Uh, but this is just your traditional Gear Hulk and Dig Through Times and, you know, Fumigate's language, whatever, you know, 
Uh, Are we getting Teferi in there, I'm assuming? Yeah, Teferi's in there. And then uh, there was another one the week after that. This is when M19 was legal. There was a a smaller 11-player, just regular weekend cup. And that was also won by Esper Control. Hmm, so that's doing a bit of a tear over here. Yes, and uh, the I think the week after that, they had another one. They had another trial. Um, that uh, was... That was uh, won by a green-black aggro, I believe, right? It is green-black delirium, actually. Right, so it's a little bit more of an aggressive delirium can mm-hmm. play. Grim Flayer, and I see he's running Jade Light Ranger, which I think is a very interesting card. We haven't seen come over to Frontier as much. Yeah, not so much. It, it seems like a good card, though. <clears throat> Um, Definitely is. Copter, Duress, all kind of aggressive cards that let you turn on Delirium here. I've been seeing a lot of Four of Duress in some of these Japanese lists. I don't know mm. if that's something you've noticed as well. well but... if, if you look at, like I said, Esper Control 1, Esper Control 1, mm-hmm. you need to have some way to just, how do I say, not neuter, but um, some way to handicap them or some way to, you know, Bring them down a notch so that your your spells can be played. If you're not playing, if you're only playing two duress, it's not enough. Okay. You need to have at least three, if not four, I think, to be able to, to beat a uh, control deck in in Frontier. Um, and so yeah, that was the August fourth uh, event, and then there was also uh, an August nineteenth event. Oh, now this one's I'm really excited about because our winner was a Mardu Vehicles deck. Yeah. Something we haven't seen in a while, but I've been kind of pushing that it's really strong right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't um, think... So they're... I like... Uh, I was going to just talk a little bit on this deck. I really mm-hmm. like his adaptation. He's got four of Bomat Courier, which is... I, I would normally see probably a two-drop artifact in that place. Mm-hmm. So being able to kind of push down that curve lets him play a little bit more expensive removal, which are so good in the deck. Mm-hmm. And he's also running a full four Gideon main deck, which I think... I haven't had the boldness to do that. I usually find other four drops that I like. Or well, especially other with only two of heart. Spot. He only has two heart of Kiran. Well, yeah, that's probably what you want. Two heart of Kiran is usually more than most decks play. You'd have to really have a reason to be able to pump it. Um, the four smugglers copter is is mm. what you really want. Yeah, it's not like standard where you'd want four heart of Kiran because you'd rather have the copter and then one Kiran. You don't want mm. multiple Kirans. Um. So yeah, this is actually just a little bit of red. It's not so much Mardu as it is uh, black-white, I think. You know, you have uh, hmm. Bulma Courier's red activation, and you have unlicensed disintegration, and I believe the rest of it is pretty much all all black-white. Oh, there's a Kolgan's Command Couple and Crackling Col- Yeah, Doom. Kolgan's Command and Crackling Doom on the sideboard as yeah. well. So yeah, only that little bit of red. I think that's a good way to do it, because you really need the white on one, and you do need the black for the early removal spells, as well as double white for Gideon. Mm-hmm. So not having to play something like not playing Shrapnel Blast, Lightning Strike. I think this is an interesting adaptation that lets him do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Very fast. Um, so that's just the winners from mm-hmm. the last the last few events here. The the metagame's been um, pretty pretty wide open uh, when I when I've had a chance to go there. I've missed the last two or three events just because I had family obligations or travel. So I haven't been able to go for like pretty much the entire M19 season. Okay. Um, but uh, from what I have seen, what I've heard from some of the players there, uh, there yeah, there's a lot of different types of decks uh, that people are playing. There's there's still a lot of jank, um, <laughs> which is good. You know, I'm glad people are, are still playing like their uh, their Umezawa, uh, Tetsuko decks and stuff like that. Oh, I didn't see that one play, so maybe it didn't do too well. 
yeah, there's yeah. definitely a few interesting decks I'd like to call out. Um, one that I want to point out from, oh, let me make sure I've got the date right, uh, from the 19th of this mm-hmm. month, was the, there was a Black Eldrazi, Mono Black Eldrazi, yeah. placed in the top eight. Yeah, I saw that. So it's not so much like uh, C-Squared's uh, deck from our Untapped League. It's a little bit different. I think it's more like what he used to play. He used to play a much more aggressive version that was playing some of the one-drops and was running... Oh, what is the card? The uh, the one that equips two colorless creatures. Ghostfire Blade. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more towards that, as well as having the top aggressive creatures. I mean, you definitely want the four Thought Not Seer, four Mad or Reshaper, and any kind of Eldrazi strategy, but... I think this is a more aggressive version for the most part. He's playing, yeah, the four main main board duress and four heartless <laughs> yeah. pillage in the main. That's just kind of crazy. That one's interesting. Yeah, I, I was almost thinking if that was a a miss named, but yeah, I guess that must be what he's playing. Or maybe he just was missing some cards. He's like, oh, don't got this. I'm just gonna play these. Well, he's got that. He's got thought not. So it's a good way to attack those control decks. I don't see any way for them to get through that. Um, another deck that I've been really, really not excited about, but uh, impressed by is uh, White Red Control. It continues to mm. show up at these events. It continues to top eight most of these events. It's doing really well. Um, because of the amount of control in the metagame over here, I think I'll, there's still a lot of aggro players, but the aggro players haven't had as many top finishes as they have you know, in the past. Yes, I was going to call that out as well. There, there's been a couple of really cool white-red control decks that I'd like to actually play around with a little more because they're playing some interesting things. Did you see the one with um, Board the Weather Weatherlight in it? Yeah, was that the... Um... This was from the what 19th as well. Yeah, what, 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 what was the... Oh, you mean the white-red control one? Mm-hmm, white-red yeah. control with Board yeah, the yeah. Weatherlight. Yeah, but just because there's so many uh, Planeswalkers in that deck is that you know, you're going to be able to hit that, uh, or you're going to be able to hit something that you can play uh, with mm-hmm. that. I know p- in the past people might have tried out the uh, Assemble the Gatewatch or whatever. Like, was it the <laughs> seven mana Mythic Rare? Yeah, that one's, a little, that one's a little sloppy. Yeah, so that's like impossible to play. Now, but, you know what I actually uh, low-key think might be powerful is the um, the Primeval's Glorious Rebirth in that oh, kind yeah. of deck. Oh, yeah. I got like a twelve for one or something like that the other day with that. I want to build a deck around that. That should not maybe not not today, you know, not today's well, brew off, but maybe like in a future brew off, I want to build. a I'll deck ship you my that. list. It needs some work, but I'll ship you what I've got as a list, huh. or, or we can play a game after this. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna call white red control as well, so I'm glad you called that one out. Um, one that I've seen pop up a couple times. I think it's the same player has been doing well on a black red aggro, mm. which is something that interests me. Yeah. Um, Carry Zev going a little bit bigger with Ch- Goblin Chain Whirler, which we've seen some success with as well. Getting to play, you know, for the rest main deck, hmm. um, Chandra main deck, uh, which was interesting. You might think that you would see um, Hazret in that spot. Mm-hmm. No, but really interesting. A little bit of a uh, an artifact theme. So you get Scrap Heap Scrounger. You get to play Thopter Engineer. He's got a Karn in here. Mm-hmm. All goes along well with Smuggler's Copter. Um, yeah, this is. I'm looking at Yokokawa's deck. Uh, I, I talk to him from time to time when I'm playing uh, at the events, and he he's really good at tuning this deck for the metagame. That's why you you'll see like you know one or two of these cards, and you know not playing this card just because uh, he he's really adept at monitoring the metagame and and changing accordingly. So he's okay. had he's had a lot of top eight finishes, and he hasn't been champion too much, but he has be, had a lot of finalist you know second Mm -hmm. place finishes so it's a good deck yeah that's what i'm seeing 
So yeah, I'm not sure um, about the sideboard though. So other other than that, uh, I think that's pretty much all the information uh, from the M19 season coming out of Hallelujah. Yeah, we... there was maybe one more rogue one I was going to point out. There was just a red white a red white tokens that I thought was something to be up your alley. Oh really? Was that from the 722 tournament? That was from the um, August fourth. August the top four 4th. finish. Uh-huh. One of the rogue ones. Yeah, if you want to take a look. So it's running like Kithian, it's running Reckless Bushwhacker, Carrie Zev, the Honored Crop Captain, um, the New Goblin Instigator. So one of the few actual M19 cards I'm seeing anywhere. So that, that's something I was going to call out is M19 not showing up very many places. Are you yeah. kind of feeling the same way? Well, I have seen a couple uh, cards make their way into the decks. They haven't finished well. Um, like I've hmm. seen Stitcher Supplier in like Emerge slash Dredge decks. Uh, I've seen okay. uh, Stitcher Supplier also like in Zombie decks. I've seen. Yeah, that makes sense. I've seen uh, Spirits. Um, I believe one of the decks that I, w- I forgot to talk about was uh, the Blue-White Spirits deck that made a, a top eight, I think, of one of these events because of Right, the in that spirits. episode that we recorded and we didn't get a chance to put up there, I know you were really big on the Supreme Phantom making yeah. Spirits a lot more possible. And also the the hate cards you know, that he got from like the uh, Cleric. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that that's a, another deck that I think people... That it's flying under the radar, and it actually is flying because there are a bunch of flyers. <laughs> yeah. so. That's a solid pun. I agree with it. Okay. But uh, yeah, oh, I'm I'm surprised. I just think because it's the summer holidays right now, there haven't been too many people going to these events. A lot of people are going home, or they're going to, you know, like festivals or whatnot here in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's just and and plus we had Eternal Weekend like two weeks ago. A lot of the Frontier players uh, are legacy, or, or like modern or even vintage players, you know, because they like they like Frontier as a casual format. So um, they were all at that event these last few weeks. So I can understand why some people are kind of not playing at the moment, and why we're only seeing like twelve to fourteen people on average at most hmm, of these okay. uh, tournaments. I think it'll pick up uh, in the fall. So. Yeah, M19 wasn't a very exciting set overall. I think yep. Magic is in a little bit of a lull everywhere. Okay. Should we talk <clears> a little <throat> bit about um, Untap maybe now? Sure, yeah. So that's the other thing that we always follow is what's been going on online. People who play the format online, it, it's a good place for anyone who's interested in trying out the format, getting a chance to play with some people that they can't otherwise play with. So we, we'd like to talk about it. There, there's a group on Untap that plays somewhat competitively, and we always report on those kind of metagame results. Mm. So we're in Season 6 now. Mm-hmm. And we had 37 players this season, I believe. Or was it 36? Um, so it might have been more than that, actually, when we had some people drop off after losing some early rounds. I'll have to take a look at what the uh, maybe the first round had. Well, I know this season, again, we had a lot of people on vacation. A lot of people couldn't play, but it still was a decent turnout, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the past, I think we, the highest we've gotten is 44. We've gotten 40, I think, the other season. So 37 is very respectable. Okay. Um, so, do you have a chance to kind of look at the uh, the meta game? Like, how do you feel about this season? Do you kind of feel, you know, is it very competitive, or is you, do, does it feel like more like an experimental season? I think it feels pretty good. I don't think there was anything that was a huge change. Um, we did see Atarka continue to stay around despite it being 
really the most popular deck last season. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought that some people might move away from it because of that, but it stuck around, which is nice to see. It's you know still putting up good results. Uh, I saw Ascendancy do quite well again, so it looks like that deck really is, you know, for the for the few people playing it, it's been making a lot of high placements, top eighteen or top sixteen, top eight. Yeah, we had two or three people, I think, on it this season. Hmm, okay, was it that many? Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, I, and it's putting and up well. We got a spot in the top eight again. I think someone was playing it at a in an invitational or a uh, like an open as well. Yeah, actually, so, in the invitational, I think like three out of eight people are playing it, something like that. So people are giving it respect that it that it needs. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely proud of that one. I'm, I'm that's one of the highest I've seen a deck that I've made you know go. Normally, when I make a brew, I'm the only one playing it, and it doesn't go anywhere. But that's a really cool deck. So, like you said, Atarka is showing up again. But one thing that I'm kind of surprised is surprised mm-hmm. about is that there's also a lot of just like regular green red stompy decks that have shown up yeah. this season. It's not um, so much Atarka red with aggro; it's just big fatties that are beating you down. Yeah, I don't know how successful they've been. Um, I've seen a little bit of them do well. I think we had one feature match that had one of them in it. And it's an interesting deck. I think that there's places to go with it. I don't know how competitive it is right this second. I mean, it seems like Control would have a good time against those decks. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe depending on if they have an answer to uh, Carnage Tyrant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but... they got, they're got they playing like Galta and Phoenix and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, it, it could easily just switch to more, to more uh, like Planeswalkers, I think. That to, wouldn't be to bad. Be able to, to handle the uh control matchups it's meta dependent i think it 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 does good against like the the slower decks the more mid-rangey combo decks um you know they they don't have like blockers early on because if you're dropping a turn two steel leaf champion i mean Mm -hmm. that's that happens the same in in elf decks as well if you're doing turn three champion and they don't have a way to kill it push doesn't touch it lightning strike doesn't touch it they're gonna die like in turn three or turn Turn four. Yeah, I can see how that would be a really good move for that kind of deck because traditionally if you're playing a, a ramp deck and they can just side in all of these answers to your big threats, then it really puts you behind. But you can't really put in transgresses the mines and whatever kind of sacrifice effect you want to get rid of an Ulamog if you're worried about Steel Leaf Champion at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of control decks this season, I thought. I think it's like six yeah. or seven, maybe more than that. So that's something we were seeing at Harry Hallelujah as well, is that it seems like still a lot of people on control. You know, I was going to ask one thing about Hallelujah. Where's the Atarka Red? I, I've really not been seeing any of it showing up lately. Is it the control yeah, I decks think, hanging down? I think it down? it's because of the control decks. I think that's why a lot of, you see a lot more people playing the blue-red aggro or the mm-hmm. black-red aggro, because black-red gives you disruption, and the blue-red yeah. gives you the uh, counter spells. That's really interesting. I might have to remember that as we move into the next season of... Mm untap you know that maybe black is a way to go mm-hmm. i like black yeah. yeah you know you know what they say about black you know once you go black <laughs> <laughs> anyways well, uh, i'll plot something up yeah i can certainly <laughs> see how duress and um scrap heap scrounger very strong there okay so um those were the, that's pretty much the meta i think the meta was you know we had a lot of control we had some red aggro and then we kind of had some, I wouldn't say it's jank, but it's a un- <laughs> un- unconventional uh, strategies. So let's talk a little bit about that. What interesting decks did you see this season? What kind of caught your hmm. eye? 
I mean, I was playing Tarka, so when I saw people trying to do something interesting, I just ran them over with burn spells. Mm. So I saw some people playing decks that just don't have early interaction, and there's just no way to win against Tarka with that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think uh, you, if you don't have a way to, to, to beat Tarka, you know, you're, it doesn't matter what you play. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're going to lose. Uh, yeah, but... and if you are trying to if you are trying to purely race them, you've really got to be doing something like Ascendancy, which can do it in time. I did see a Grixis midrange deck that I really liked. I think I talked about this in the the previous um, unposted uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was playing yeah. like it was playing three uh, of the new Nicole Nicole Bolas Ravager had tons mm-hmm. of of removal and uh, I, I think maybe the player went four and two uh that might have made top 16 i'm not i'm not totally sure but uh i think that is a good a good how do i say a good return to uh the traditional mid-range strategy it's not so much control as it is you know disruption you know and big guys you know i think glory bringer was in there and whatnot and they had Ooh, interesting uh, they had goblin dark dwellers Hmm. Yeah, Grixis definitely picks its spot as really the mid-range of the format. I have very much like Bolas. I haven't been able to test with him enough. I wouldn't mind trying something like Grixis Thing in the Ice again. Mm-hmm. I know how much uh, Matt would love us to talk about that deck. Huh. <laughs> Gotta give him a shout-out. Um, other than that, I think that Grixis... The one, the one place I've seen it struggle is that it doesn't have as many hard counter spells as mm-hmm. the control decks do. Yeah, so when they're up against something It's better something for that, that aggro metagame. Yeah, I think it's decent for aggro. It does okay until like control can do find a com- but it might struggle with combo if it can't counter mm-hmm. or other mid-range decks if they have something that goes over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, if they've got it's like, "Oh, hey, I'm going to side in this one Obnixilis or this one like six drop, I don't know, like a Cataclysmic Gear Hulk or something like that." Just something big, you know, that people put in their sideboards as like, "Oh, well, this is good into slower matchups." Mm-hmm. Those are really good into Grixis because it has so few bigger answers it has so few hard counters it, you can't just answer those cards as cleanly but i will say one thing about the grixis deck there's just so much value yeah i mean oh, four, yeah. four Hold against command is value yeah <laughs> and then you got you got access to scarab god and you got access you know to liliana and Calitus maybe treasure cruise all yeah. of that good stuff so that was one deck i thought was really interesting this season another one that i saw was a, a green red Sarkon's unsealing deck. Ooh, I, yeah, I, that's I think the deck that we had on the feature match, and I'm really excited to see that deck do well. Um, I think that could use some tuning still. I think that there's places to go with it that'll be stronger or weaker. Yeah, but I think of, when I've tried it, it's it's very powerful. It, it's got a lot of standard standard cards in there, mm-hmm. so uh, it, it would be pretty easy to build if you're looking to start off with like a fun deck in Frontier. Uh, so basically, wins by uh, you, it, I think he's playing like eight different mana creatures so that he can play a Sarkons and Ceiling as fast as possible. And then mm-hmm. it, it's got Steel Leaf uh, Champion, it's got uh, Gigantosaurus, it's got uh, Galta. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're talking about with these green X ramp decks. I'm afraid that Sarkons and Ceiling might not make the final cut of the deck. But I am glad to see that a green-red Stompy deck is certainly back. But you know I what th- it needs is it, it needs more Atarka. I think Unsealing could be a great sideboard card. I don't know mm-hmm. if it should be in the main. It, it did catch a lot of people off guard this yeah. season for well, sure. It caught me off guard. I, I played against it in uh, round one, 
And, you know, I had a nice board. I had the player down to, like, one life. And he's like, Golta, five damage to, or four damage to all your guys, four damage to mm-hmm. you. Oh, I'm dead. Where I'm afraid is that when it wins, it wins very hard because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got a big guy and you've got this board wipe. Mm-hmm. But when it loses, you know, the Sarkin's on the ceiling's not really doing anything. Yeah. Um, I think a, a deck like that, Grixis uh, midrange, might be able to handle it rather well because of the amount of removal it has. Okay, so anything else big that you want to talk about for the meta? Uh, Not really. I, I mean, there's there some other, like, jank decks, but those are, like, the two big decks, I think, that really caught my eye. Yeah, that's exciting. Anything else that you've seen people testing out with from M19 that we want to bring up? Well, like I said, I haven't been able to go out to Hallelujah that much recently, so I haven't really seen what people are, are working out, working around. Uh, Working with, um, I I would say that people are kind of working on a hollow, sorry, a hollowed one, uh, mm. build. Now, I've seen a lot of people testing that out. You know, kind of not at the main events here. You're sure but they weren't just playing modern? <laughs> no, they're 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 testing it out because of um, I don't know what what card. The uh, what the, are the new Stitcher cards? Supplier. Yeah, the Stitcher Supplier is puts it into the graveyard. That's helped a lot. I think there was a couple other yeah. Uh, newer cards that they were playing in there as well i think it's okay. very close to being playable i i wouldn't be surprised to see that show up um you know maybe even in the new return to ravnica uh set you know when we get some some better rectos cards or golgari cards what about you have you seen any interesting decks showing up recently in this meta not that much you know there's a few that i've been seeing here or there that i'd like to see more of the cards i like all of the mares i wish that they were showing up a bit more yeah well, you could make a um, horse deck, five color horses. Yeah, <laughs> it's a horse of a different color. I don't know if I'd go there. Yeah, seems like a, a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, not too much else. I'm looking forward to uh, you know, we're starting to maybe probably by the time this podcast comes out, there'll be a few new spoilers. I'm I'm hoping for some things this weekend. Mm-hmm. So we we probably won't have uh, our podcast about it next week, but maybe like in another two or three weeks, I think we'll start to talk a little bit more about the spoilers coming out. I'm excited. Yeah, about if there's that. anything big, if there's like news of shocks that we'll probably discuss on the show. Yeah. But if it's um that'll be the big news. And not having shocks will also be big news, I think. Yeah, it'd be shocking. Yes, it would be shocking. Either way, it will be shocking. So we'll we'll see how that goes and then yeah, we'll have our usual um set review episode. Those are always some of the most fun we can have. And hopefully we can get some uh some other people to join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm talking to you, Sai Turkey, if you're listening. <laughs> Hopefully he's out there still. Uh, should we talk about the top eight of uh, the Untapped Open? Because that has uh, just started. Yes, why don't we pull that week. open real quick? Because we've got that. Hang on, I thought I had it available. I can top say eight. what the decks are. Okay, yeah, I, well, I, 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 I wrote, say what I the decks are. And I'll so pull them. we have two Atarka Red, mm-hmm. and we have an Esper Vehicles deck. Okay. We have a Black White Angels deck. Mm-hmm. A four-color Ascendancy deck, a green-black Elves deck, the right. green-red Unsealing deck that we just talked about, mm-hmm. and a, a four-color Marvel deck. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good spread. I mean, we've got two aggro, we've got... So we're kind of missing the control element, but we've got a combo, or we've got a couple combo, a couple aggro, kind of that ramp. Yeah, some interesting stuff. Um, You made top eight, right? Yeah, yeah. That's one of yours, uh, one of the Atarkas is yours, right? Mm-hmm. 
So were any of these a big surprise to you? I'm, I'm kind of surprised that the Unsealing deck made top eight. Yeah, I thought I it was think cool. he just snuck in, Adam. It's kind of exciting that he did. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm really surprised. I'm happy for him. It was, it was the Snorix. It was his first uh, Frontier uh, League. So he made it uh, on his first try. That's really good. I think it took me at least one season before I got to my first top eight. If I'm not mistaken, he's up against Elves in the first round, which will be an interesting matchup. Um, can we report? Because they've already done two two games. Hmm, okay. I know, I know the winner. Yet. I know the winner. Should I say who the winner was? Or do you yeah, yeah, why don't you go ahead. So, yes. Uh, actually, he played against uh, Atarka Red. He played against the other Atarka Red. Oh, yes, Red, that's right. And uh, he ended up going to five games. Which was crazy. The uh, Atarka Red player had some bad draws, uh, but the Atarka Red ended up uh, getting the, the win in Game 5. Hmm, okay. And then I believe uh, Elves played against the Fort Color Ascendancy deck. Right, that's where Elves is. And that, that Elves deck is won, so we're going to see Atarka versus Elves. Yeah. All right. So the, the, How do you uh, feel against uh, your matchup? You've got Ascendancy coming up? Or not Ascendancy, um, Marvel. Marvel. Yes, so yeah, I, I in case our listeners don't know, I... And playing a black white angels deck i think i talked about it a little bit um in the unreleased uh podcast mm-hmm. getting to play that new resplendent angel on top yeah. of what you were already looking at with the angel synergy i went five one uh in in swiss and i finished i believe in second or third place that's probably the whole reason why the unsealing deck <laughs> made it to the top eight is because i lost to them round one and actually <laughs> there you go the, the, I mean, the player was, was kind of new, you know, to like the deck and whatnot. So uh, I helped him out a little bit and, you know, I let him, you know, fix his mistake once or twice. And I ended up losing that match. But, you know, <laughs> good karma. I ended up winning all my other ones. I had really good matchups afterwards. There you go. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up against uh, Four Color Marvel probably this weekend, I think. Uh, it's going to be a tough, a tough battle. I think I'm going to have to rely a lot on... Uh, my sideboard, and I'm gonna have to, you know, try to use my disruption whenever I can. Um, mm, I, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about what do you what do you think my chances are? I think it'll be tough. I don't know how much hand removal you have. That would be the biggest thing that might help you out early. Um, I do feel like Ishkana plus Marvel is a good combination against you because you mm. don't really have an answer to the very top end, and then of course Ishkana will slow you down quite a bit. Mm. I got lots of angels. Yeah, but reach. You know, yeah. block with one dude. Kill. If you buy two or three turns as Marvel, that can usually be trouble. Um, did you are, did you already play your uh your uh... No, I have not either. I'm against uh, someone who's in Europe, so he will not be free any kind of normal time. <laughs> yep. Are you playing against Esper vehicles? Yes, I am. Okay, how do you feel about that matchup? What do you think your chances um, it's are? It's one we've tested a lot. I think that this current build of Esper Vehicles has some holes against Atarka Red. It's a little bit on the slower side. It took out some of mm. the the best cards in the matchup. Um, if I remember from us testing, so this is a, one of my testing partners, it's probably about 55-45 in Atarka's favor, but not, mm. not, a, um, not any kind of landslide. It'll be a close matchup. It'll be a good one to watch. If I can get around this four-color Marvel deck mm-hmm. i think i have a good chance of winning it all just because my deck matches up really well against aggro i have a lot of life gain i have a lot of removal and well 
if the um, the vehicles goes on, that's more tempo. I mean, if you've got big angels, they can get countered quite easily. That I see being more troublesome. Well, spell queller, right? Yeah, spell queller, disdainful they... stroke, things like that. Um, as well as what's the metallic rebuke? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that being a problem. So hopefully, Atarka wins. Atarka, hopefully you beat. <laughs> I mean, I I don't want the other player to lose, of course, but I hopefully you win. And then, okay. um, you know, like you said, it'll be like a, a Tarka versus Elves, and then a Tarka versus uh, Angels. And then yeah. I feel good. All right, maybe you can get Angels versus Tarka again if you're lucky. All right, well, that kind of is a nice little recap of what's been going on online, what's been going on at Hallelujah. I feel like this is a nice, concise way for us to talk about really what's going on in the meta, what you should be looking for. Or is there anything that you should say, like, hey, Against everything everyone's playing, this is what you should be playing right now. Well, I yeah, I mean, things that I thought I'd see more of this season, uh, I thought there would be more enchantment removal, just because hmm. Ascendancy did so well uh, last last season, and, you know, there's more people playing it, and there's, like, really very few ways in this metagame, or just, you know, in, in the format right now, no one's playing enchantment removal. Everyone's playing artifact removal. Everyone's got Abrades and Kologon's commands in the main deck, but you can really, I think enchantments are going to be really powerful going forward until people realize they have to respect, you know, the uh, the power of them. Yeah, and it's interesting because Dromoka's command is usually how people are keeping down enchantments, and that's not the best against the Ascendancy deck, just because mm-hmm. they run um, Unbridled Growth to be able to counter that. Yeah, and Abzan has really fallen off, so there's not mm-hmm. there's less decks playing Dromoka's command. Yeah. I do like Abzan. I'm playing some Abzan in another online league. Um, okay, but that, that kind of wraps us up. The last thing we want to do for our week is uh, we had a brew-off challenge, as we've been doing every week. Uh, last week, I challenged you to build a deck with Eldritch Evolution in it. So that is the three-mana sorcery. You sack a creature, and then you get to find a creature that costs up to two CMC more than it. So do you want to hear my deck, or do you want to talk about your deck first? Yeah, I know you, you sent me a copy of your deck. Why don't you talk a little bit about what you were thinking you could do with this? So I wasn't sure if I wanted to do uh, a into the battlefield type of type of deck, or if I wanted to kind of focus mm-hmm. more on on synergy. So I, I did something that not a lot of people have have done, and I, I kind of went the Eldrazi route. Hmm. I, I made a green black Eldrazi deck um, that's playing cards like Blister Pod and uh, Catacomb Sifter, and uh, what else am I playing? Um, well, yeah, those are like the basic things. And I, I also put in Sifter of Skulls, Smothering Abomination. Nice. Uh, Interesting. I, I put in Valor Redeemer. So you guys probably have no idea what these do. So like Valor Redeemer uh, has <laughs> Flash. If you if you pay uh, one colorless mana, you get a 1-1 Eldrazi token uh, for each card that died this turn. So whenever you sacrifice stuff, you, so if okay. you sacrifice three or four creatures that turn, then you, you get three more one one tokens and then i also had uh, like brood monitor which is a six mana you get three colorless Eldrazi tokens when uh, it comes into play sifter of skulls whenever a non-token creature you control dies you get a, a one one Eldrazi cyan so I, so like i have these a lot of sacrifice effects here that kind of go along with uh, Eldric Evolution. So you're searching stuff, mm-hmm. you're getting tokens, and you're filling up the board. I have Bone Splinters and Vicious Offering to kind of help with the sacrifice effect. So you're really um, going hard on the sacrifice side of it. 
Yeah, okay. and and I, I could have put Zillaport in here, but I'm like, yeah, that that doesn't have like really good flavor. You know, it's not not Vorthos enough for me, I guess. So, <laughs> okay. so I ended up going with like Torgar, Famine Incarnate. Hmm. So, so that you one can sacrifice. The... It's a seven six, and you, you can, can sacrifice, sacrifice any number. Creatures. Yeah, you can sacrifice any number oh, of okay. creatures you any want to creatures. to make it two less. It's an eight mana card, but if you sacrifice three, it's just two black. And you then like when it comes more than the uh, there's the demon that you can play for four. You have to sacrifice a guy. Which one's that? Uh, it was from M nineteen. It's a six six flying, I believe. No, that sounds huge. Hang on, is it really six six? It, it's not Belzenlock. No, it wasn't Belzenlock. Um, no, but no I like... it wasn't a legendary. Oh uh, yeah, here we go. Demon of Catastrophes, two and two black for a six six flying trample as an additional cost to cast it. You sacrifice a creature. Oh. That could be good in your deck, that. especially because you can well, you see, can to... evolve something that costs two, and then you don't mm-hmm. have to cast him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, Torgar turns target makes target players life total ten. Yes. Which I kind of like, which is which is kind of fun. And then I had like Bantu, and there was another sack effect. I had, uh, mm. and I had Decimator of Provinces as my top end, another sack effect that you know gives you all these tokens get like plus two plus two and and trample and it's a seven seven trample itself. So I thought that but was. But you can't really fun. you can't evolve into him, right? You can emerge him, yes. Yeah, but you you won't be able to Eldritch Evolution into him. He's ten mana. So actually, if you get rid of Torgar. You can Ooh. you can get decimator, but but that then works. Although it, you don't get the trigger. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the other one, the smothering abomination. Uh, it's a four three flyer, and you have to sacrifice a creature in your upkeep. And when you sacrifice a creature, you draw a card. So basically, you're drawing your deck. You're making tons of these you know things, and then you're ending the game by either casting a uh, a decimator or just you know going wide. I also have like Westfell Abbey. In there, mm-hmm. and I put Rot Shambler, which is a battleful batter, the battle for Aldrazi, uh, one one creature. It's a fungus, and whenever another creature dies, you get a plus one plus one counter on it. So you're sacking all these creatures. This thing gets huge, and then you attack. So the way that I went with it is, I went with Sahili. Mm-hmm. I figured that you've got some things that have entered the battlefields. Um, those are great with Sahili as it is. Those are great with Felidar. And the ability to evolve into Felidar Guardian seemed really good to me. So I'm kind of running Monodorks, which most Sahili decks don't normally do. Mm-hmm. But this is then kind of a turbo Sahili deck. You can do the, you know, a turn three kill by going turn one Elvish Mystic, turn two Sahili, turn four Felidar. Mm-hmm. Or other uh, interesting things. I was actually running Rattleclaw Mystic because it's really interesting to go like turn two, play the Rattleclaw face down, and then you flip them up and you've got six mana, which is enough for Sahili. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere. Um, but what I really wanted to do is, on top of the Eldritch Evolution, just be able to do kind of a toolbox so I get to play um, a little bit of Court of Calling, even. I've got... It, it's hard to get enough green sources, but if you can cord out Felidar Guardian to bounce your own creature to save it from removal, mm-hmm. or you can get Shalai, the uh, Voice of Plenty, who will protect your people from uh, removal, even your Planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the idea I was going with. It kind of more green white, a little bit of a splash, just to be able to cast Sahili and yeah, um, a lot I of little creatures. I've seen other people playing that sort of deck actually. I've, mm-hmm. I've come up against it and it totally shocked me. I think they were playing like Elvish Visionary, so they can get the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Felidar. The Felidar yeah, Guardian. Yeah, that, that's that's perfect. It's a two mana, draws you a card, and then you can go for a Felidar Guardian. 
Yeah, I'm looking more for the value. I'm focusing less on, you know, <laughs> grabbing the creatures so much as when you sack it, something happens. Okay, yeah, so I like that we keep kind of picking different sides of the uh, ability. So what is the brew-off you'd like to challenge for next week? I was thinking of Felidar Silverin. I believe it's the 4-6 cat. It's a, uh, it was reprinted in uh, Battle for Zendigar. Zendikar, kind of it's Vigilance Lifelink? Vigilance Lifelink, and I believe if you have 40 life uh, during mm-hmm. your upkeep, you win a game. Yes. So there's been a lot of new Lifelink cards printed uh, in the, the last few seasons. And I think someone, I think we were kind of talking about a possible Soul Sisters deck uh, hmm. last time. So I think this could, this could be a, a, fun, a fun brew off for next week. All right, I'm interested. Let's see what we can do. All right, that kind of brings us to the end of the show. Do you have any other uh, major events coming up? Any big tournaments out there? Yeah, we got uh, two more Hallelujah Frontier events coming up in September. We have two holidays, uh, actually, in September on the 17th and the 24th, and both are going to be Frontier tournaments. So I'm looking forward to those. Hopefully I can go to at least one of those. Great. Well, we are MTG Frontier. We're at MTG Frontier, MTG underscore Frontier on Instagram, and reddit.com slash r slash MTG Final Frontier. We also have Frontier, mtgfrontier.net as our website. Uh, make sure to check out our Twitch and our YouTube streaming, as well as checking out Ryan's channel. Yep. So uh, my uh, face, sorry, my Facebook. My, my blog is uh, www.thejapanhobbyist.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at yoshwanky. All right. Well, as always, for everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier information online. Your Final Frontier, signing off.